Welcome to CareerPod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is one of our senior consultants and a member of the CareerPod team, Ms. Joan Blake. My name is Joan Blake. I'm a senior consultant with Transition Solutions, and I'm here today with Amy Zimmerman. Amy is a compensation partner in a large publicly held company, and we're looking forward to hearing about your career today. Thanks, John. So, Amy, tell me a little bit about your early career, how you ended up in HR, and more specifically in compensation. Okay. So, um, you know, nobody nobody goes into HR, Joan, thinking that they're going to go into compensation. They want to <laughs> go. They want to go into <laughs> benefits or recruiting, or they want to be an HR business partner. And you know, I I certainly didn't go into HR thinking that I was going to be in compensation either. I was going to be Katie Keurig. And, um, You'd be a great Katie. And unfortunately for me, I got bored during my internship at NBC Sports and decided that my, um, my time and my, I guess it was an internship or, um, you know, I was temping for CVS Pharmacy at the time. Um, my, the time spent in HR and compensation at CVS was way more exciting than, uh, than no NBC kidding. sports. Yeah. It, a lot of downtime happened there. So, um, so I just kind of kept, kept moving forward with that. You know, they kept welcoming me back. I ended up in HR, uh, because the temp agency thought I had a lovely phone speaking voice. So they placed me in HR and they consistently needed help in compensation. And so I just kept going back and I picked up the skills and, um, you know, was able to mirror the things that, you know, people who actually had full-time jobs there were doing. And so I just, you know, I stuck with it. What, what are the skills that you use in compensation? Uh, it's a lot of analytics. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of analytics. Um, occasionally it's knowledge of systems. Um, it's, survey skills, so looking up all the data, pulling in the right information, and being able to put together some sort of a story through data to, um, to be able to present to someone, to give them options as to why they should or shouldn't make a decision on somebody's compensation. Um, different programs, so looking at pieces of base pay and uh, bonus programs, long-term incentives, Interesting. I would think sometimes you get some pressure to make a recommendation that maybe doesn't fully support, isn't fully supported by your data. <laughs> sometimes you get you get pressure like that a lot. You get pressure like that a lot, and um, it's it's funny when occasionally you see it. You present somebody with some data. You know, they say, "Well, no, no, I want to do this anyway." You say, "Okay." Um, that's that's fine. That's your choice. You've got all of the information to um, just, you know, show you why you may not want to go down this path. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're the budget holder. Go forward. And then when they come back later and say, I probably shouldn't have done that. And, you know, and there you have it. So so you need some diplomacy skills, too. You do. You know, the, the hardest part about um, compensation is that you're, you know, you're not the budget holder. So you give them the information, you, you know, you give them all the points, um, you provide the recommendations, and at the end of the day, it's somebody else who has to make that decision. 
but at least you know that you've said your piece, you've provided what you needed to provide um, for that individual to either make the decision based on data or go down a separate path. Ah, hence your title, partner. Exactly. <laughs> I get it. Big part of it. Uh, in the early years, as you were acquiring the analytic skills, the diplomacy skills, so on and so forth, what was the most challenging and rewarding part for you? Uh, probably, probably when you when you begin to be accepted by those that you're you're partnering with. So when you're working with other people in other parts of the business, and you earn their trust and respect, and you know you're able to be their go-to person that's probably one of the one of the most um one of the best parts of of picking up the skills because you can see and they're working you so figured you really it out feel- you know how to you feel confident in what you're doing and somebody else has recognized that and appreciates the work that you're doing for them and you know keeps tapping you for different projects for you know for different things for advice so having, you know, having, having people recognize what you're doing and wanting them to be a part of, of you know, their day-to-day is, is very rewarding. That's kind of nice to feel valued, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I get that. Absolutely. Did you benefit from having any mentoring any, anywhere along the way? I did. I did. And I think, you know, I, 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 none of the mentors that I've had have been formal, um, but you know more more of there are people that I've relied on throughout my career that I would ask for advice. People who were more, I guess you would say, probably trusted advisors. Mm-hmm. You know, these people had experience and they knew me well enough to be able to say that, you know, this this was a bad idea or this was never going to work. There's someone that you know you could provide, you knew would provide you with the guidance that you needed. Mm-hmm. in whatever situation um you know and that's that's kind of what I've had never a formal mentor but what are always issues, relied on others what are issues you might take to a trusted advisor what kind of guidance might you have looked for in your career so you know when when you think you might want to make a career change or when you want to know what skills that you may need to acquire, you know, or just honest feedback. You know, uh, I work with you all the time, you know, honest, honest feedback on my, my work. What could I, you know, what could I do a little bit better? Um, how, you know, what would you advise, you know, to improve? Because if you don't know what you need to work on and everyone's just kind of, oh, yeah, 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 go ahead, yeah, yeah, that's fine then you're never going to you're never going to continue to grow right and nobody there's no one out there who knows absolutely everything and so you don't know what you don't know but if you don't ask then you're never going to know either because you're too scared to find out what what you could possibly do to maybe learn a new skill or um or to you know to be a better partner or better listener or whatever it is but just asking, you know, asking for, for honest feedback. That's awesome. So when you think about the impact of technology over time from where you started to how your work is done today, what impact, what has changed in systems, tools, processes? 
So system, systems always change. And when, when you say the word technology, it makes me laugh because <laughs> I, I'm not very good at technology at all. Um, the worldwide interwebs is not, you know, not a, not a, not a good place for me. I'm not very good at it. I can never find anything I'm looking for, but technology changes, um, changes everything. So in HR, there's typically some sort of an HRIS system. I've worked with several different ones, some that are really user-friendly, like a PeopleSoft. Um, Workday is actually surprisingly user-friendly. And then you've got others, like Oracle, <laughs> that was like a total disaster. Um, spent more time, you know, spent more time putting to get things together on a spreadsheet just so that, you know, you had the data that you wanted without all the additional crap that you didn't, you know, you didn't understand why the system couldn't report out for you just as it was. So systems change over the years. There's always a, an up and coming system and what kind of functionality this system can provide. And, um, you know, you, you come to a point, I worked for a company where the compensation system they were using was an older system and they had customized it to the point where as they looked for something that was, was newer, fresher they couldn't find anything and they couldn't find anything because a lot of the systems don't want you to customize the hell out of it because when they do an update to it it breaks everything you've done oh sure so um so you know here they the company i think i was there for probably four or five years and i had been i had been to at least two or three different meetings where we're gonna look at a new system and it never went anywhere because nobody could ever meet the requirements of doing things to the exact point. And so instead of innovating your plan and your program, you wanted the system to do that for you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of neat to see how sometimes when you're looking at a new system, it can influence, you know, your current programs and you know, make you take a fresh look at those current programs to say, maybe we're not doing it the best we could do. Maybe we could be more efficient. Maybe, you know, this system that won't, you know, do jumping jacks and, you know, and roll down a hill for us. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not the system. Maybe it's the way we're doing it, mm -hmm. you know, and to take a fresh set of eyes and kind of innovate. So it's, it's kind of interesting how, how the two go hand in hand. What does innovation and compensation look like? Can you give me an example of what you mean by that? Hmm. Well, in compensation, it, it can be innovating a bonus program, for example. Okay. So sometimes, you know, some, some companies, the way they, they have their eligibility rules set up or the way that they calculate the bonus or the the metrics that are used to calculate it might not be the most innovative. I've worked at companies, for example, where every time someone had a salary change, it was like a, a specific calculation for the bonus versus taking the salary at the end of the year. So it's kind of tweaking and innovating those little parts of a plan that might make more sense. Um, you know, also probably looking to see specific metrics are they achievable why do we have them you know can people influence these so i mean that's one way to innovate innovating in compensation too is you know is when you 
look at how the year-end planning is done. Most people do it in a system, some people do it on spreadsheets, but when you're looking at a system, you want the system to be able to do absolutely everything for you. The nuts to bolts. You want to have um, have very, very little manual manipulation. And Those so, are great examples. And so to innovate, you know, innovate and find a system that can um, provide that for you to make it easier for, you know, for not only the people who are running the behind the scenes, but also for the end user. Great examples. Yeah, thank you. What role, if any, has luck played in your career? You know, I think it, I think it has. I think luck, so as luck would have it, I was going, <laughs> I was going out on maternity leave with my first child and I had been working at home, you know, the last week and I had transitioned all of my work and I didn't really have much to do. So, um, in an effort to, you know, make my little instant messenger still look green like I was, you know, busy doing stuff, I, um, I went on to LinkedIn and figured, you know, this will take me a while. I'll scroll through some stuff on LinkedIn and then, you know, I can shut down and, you know, and then I'll start my maternity leave tomorrow. And what ended up happening was I ended up finding a job posting for a job that was so much closer to home. So I, my commute was an hour. All of a sudden, there was an opening for a job at a company that was only 20 minutes from my house. Awesome. And I think, you know, it maybe it was luck, maybe it was timing, but it kind of all aligned. And I applied to the job. So then it was 5 o'clock. I shut down my computer, and I put it away because now I was, I was going to go on leave. And um, I was checking my email after my son was born. Like three days after he was born, I was home. I was checking my email, and I had received an email from this company. Well, they emailed me like probably an hour after I had applied for the job. <laughs> and I didn't get back to them for a few days because I, you know, I didn't have my computer with me. That was back before the smartphone, so um, you didn't have your email either. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, that was... That was a bit of luck. I was in the right place at the right time. Oh, and it was also lucky, too, that when I was interviewing with this company, they took a very long time to set up in-person interviews. So I had a, a phone screening, and then they set up the interview. But it, it was, like, weeks and weeks later. And, you know, they felt so bad that it was taking forever. And I'm sitting there thinking, no, I can I can now zip at least one of my soup one pair of my suit pants. What is one lesson you've learned to date in your career, you have a lot of career left, that you'll be sure to share with your children? I would say to work hard. To work hard, take pride in your work, make sure that, you know, make sure that people know your value, but do not sell your soul. Create boundaries, you know, don't work, don't work long nights, don't work weekends, do not work on vacation. Create your boundaries because if you don't do it, nobody's ever going to do it for you and they're going to take advantage of you um, and, and life's too short. So work hard, value your work, but do not sell yourself. Thanks so much for being with us today. That's great advice for anyone. Take good care. Thanks.